Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. I hope you're doing well. As is usual the case, usually the case here on Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary, sometimes Bob Jones University, uh, the uh, the timing of the message, the subject matter, usually hits close to home for me, and it's not like I'm planning it that way. That's just the Lord, uh, you know, knocking on my uh, door as usual. And uh, because he wants to get my attention and he wants to refocus me and and take me further down the road of being more like his son. And so today we're going to discuss something that that the world has taken. If, if you, you know, you can kind of uh, glitz this up and talk about transforming your life. And, and uh, you might think of Joel Osteen or uh, Anthony Robbins or some other self-help guru and transforming your life, whether we're talking about your finances or your body or your career, whatever. Uh, and so that's always something that's uh, of interest to most of us anyway, although it is amazing sometimes what you can get used to. But when it comes to uh, our walk as a Christian and, and transforming your life and, and kind of continually, as we call in the theological world, progressive sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ. Uh, I was just talking about this with students this week, my own students, my high school students for Noble U classes, whether it was ethics today or U.S. history or world history or civics, whatever. We were talking a lot this week, especially in ethics, about this process of, uh, eth- of looking at ethics in terms of worship. And as you grow in Christ and your understanding of, of his word through the power of the Holy Spirit, things get clearer to you. The gospel gets bigger. And then you live a life in reaction to what's been done for you. There's kind of Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, and then Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. This brutal uh, uh, comparison of who you were and who you are. And in, and in the middle of that, of course, is your salvation. And so you get saved. And then I was talking to my students, say, you know, it's kind of like your anniversary. Uh, you go down the road a little bit and you kind of get over it. You get over your anniversary. It's not only oh, what do you want to do? It's our anniversary this Friday. I don't know. I'm kind of tired. Let's stay home. Oh, OK, it's not that big a deal. The same thing can happen to our salvation. And when that does, as it as it kind of loses its fervor, then the process of change and being more transformed into the image of God uh, can slow down. And so this will be a good wake up call for all of us, a refresher in many ways as as people that have been following the Lord, most of us for a while. Uh, But the name of the book has changed into his image, God's plan for transforming your life. And this will be uh, with our good friend, Jim Berg from a, um, a certified biblical counselor's perspective, a professor of, of biblical counseling at BJU Seminary. So you just can't help yourself, Jim. You are a counselor. That's the way God made you. <laughs> and uh, so we'll approach it that way. It's, it's a great book. I'll put the links up. Uh, you can go to Jim's website, which I'll give you. And you can also jump, because we're so programmed, you can go get it on Amazon as well. But jimberg.com is Jim's website. Jim Berg, B-E-R-G.com. Jim, it's great to see you. Welcome back. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Steve. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. This is such a great topic for all of us. This isn't uh, let's all be cards on the table. This let's let's already stop with the oh, I need I know somebody that needs to read this book. <laughs> OK, the, the, we we all need this book for ourselves. But but back to the origin and, and just writing the book in the first place, Jim, what was kind of the motivation for you to write uh, changed into his image? 
Well, it began, it began many years ago when our oldest daughter was uh, a senior in high school. It was during Christmas before her final semester. We were sitting around the kitchen table in the evening as we, as we almost always did and just uh, talking about things. And uh, it, we were talking about what she was going to do uh, this summer. She was going to go to the Wilds Christian Camp and work on operational stra- staff there then come back and and go into the dorms at uh, BJU here so she could have that experience. And then when she finished, she was going to go back to the wilds as a counselor, Mm -hmm. come back to the dorms, go back to the wilds. And it just hit me. My time with her in our house is really coming to a close. I I knew when she lived in the dorm, she'd come and do her laundry at home. But, (laughs) but, um, but I, so I started writing my daughters, who were teenagers at that time, what I called letters from dad. And I would just take one topic about the Christian life that I, that we had emphasized in the home that I wanted them to take mm-hmm. with them. And I limited myself to one page and tried to pack what I could in wow. there from a biblical standpoint. And after about a dozen of them, I thought, wow, I, there's so much to cover, I could write a book. And I thought, <laughs> well, maybe maybe I should. Yeah. And so the result is changed into his image. It was written for them, dedicated to them wow. as a, a way for them to understand the process that we had been teaching them at home and how to disciple their own children in the days ahead. Yeah. And then and then that becomes an ongoing thing. It's not like uh, Jim got there. So you reached the end of the game of life. And now you're reaching back. We're, we're all uh, on the same board here in terms of our sanctification. So, so let's we'll start with that. Then we're going to kind of talk about this uh, in three parts. And there's no way, like just like you were talking about, Jim, you're writing these letters to your daughters, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. It's really uh, awesome to hear about that. Uh, you can't unpack all this in, in in one page. There's so much here, but we'll split it up into kind of three things as we're going to talk about, and we're going to use Ephesians four on this as well. Okay. Uh, but but we'll get into that, but restraining your flesh, renewing your mind, and then reflecting your Lord. But in terms of just sanctification, Jim, just help us kind of get down this road. We could start with Romans 12, too, and the renewing of your mind. But when we talk about growing uh, and being changed into his image and sanctification, help us get a, a working definition for the sake of our yeah, talk yeah. today. Uh, well, biblical counselors for years have uh, stated that sanctification, progressive sanctification, is that process whereby the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us like the Son of God. Mm -hmm. And I've added, amidst the circumstances we face in the providence of God, we're, we're, we're growing in the milieu of life, and God uses the trials and the temptations we face to drive us to His Word and uses His Spirit to use that Word and make us more like Christ as we are obedient to it. So that's an, in a nutshell a way to describe yeah. sanctification. Yeah, and it's and and we'll and we'll dance with this challenge between what's the Holy Spirit doing and like what's my role in all of this. Uh, that's why I cracked a joke a little earlier. One of the things that I'll reference from Jim's book, changed into his image, uh, is a little chart. Which I, I, I'm a guy. I like charts. I like lists. Try to make it easy. Uh, which we'll use in talking about Ephesians 4. Uh, we'll look a little bit into James 1, which is going to reflect some of these things. Uh, but what's my part? What do I have to do? I want a list, Jim. Give me a list to work on versus the Holy Spirit's part and then the Word. And then what's the result of all that? So we'll we'll spend a lot of time working our way forward as we're all going to do. But one day, one day we'll be glorified and we won't Amen. have to worry about it, which will be awesome. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show with our friends at BJU Seminary on Theology Thursday. And by the way, I mean, I, I'd love, I uh, started on radio in 2007. Radio's still kind of the epicenter of this part of my life in the, in the ministry. Uh, even though we're on Facebook Live and we're on Rumble uh, Live at the same time, video right here in the studio and then podcast later. But just so you know, if you only ever uh, experience this show by podcast, uh, which obviously you download Apple Google Play, whatever, uh, or by video, Facebook, or by radio. If you're radio or podcast only, uh, when you guys are listening to commercials, and you don't have commercials on podcasts, but you do on radio, which we praise the Lord for because that's how a lot of this stuff gets funded from a Christian radio perspective, uh, is that is sponsors and things like that. But while that's going on, uh, we continue to have a conversation here in the studio. So Jim and I were talking on the break. And what I don't do is rob Peter to pay Paul. So the, the overwhelming majority, whatever the topic is, we're going to get most of that. We're going to squeeze most of that juice out on the four radio show, show segments. But we do talk about other things. We might back up and go a little deeper on something. And I love those conversations that I get to have with people like Jim on the breaks. But if you're only listening on radio or you only listen on podcasts, you miss that. So that's about 12 or 13 or 14 minutes of additional content. Which is usually, and that's a different. It's got a slightly different feel because I'm I'm off of the main page. So if you ever want to check that out, all you have to do, whether it's Facebook, just go to the Steve Noble Show page there, or on Rumble. You don't have to join Rumble or anything. You can access that easily enough and check that out for yourself. Yeah, it might bless you. It might not. Maybe uh, four segments on the radio is enough of me for you, which I would understand. <laughs> but we do have some really fascinating conversations, and I take advantage of that when I'm talking to somebody. With the wisdom and experience of, of Jim Berg, who is a certified biblical counselor and a professor of biblical counseling at BJU Seminary, uh, very well known in the counseling world across the country. And so I, I'm taking advantage of that on, on, on a commercial break. I'm not going to just uh, we're going to look at a clock together and count down five minutes. So we, there's conversation. there. So I hope you'll <laughs> check that out. But it's great to have you back, Jim. And we're talking about his book, Changed into His Image, God's Plan for Transforming Your Life, and just understanding sanctification and, and moving forward to become more Christ-like. Uh, and, 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 and that's so the only thing I really want to clear up there, and then we'll jump into this first part, which is restraining your flesh, which is probably one of the harder parts for me personally. But the role of the Holy Spirit, because we're not getting sanctified and nothing, we're going nowhere without the Holy Spirit. Yet there are moments in your life and mine, Jim, and everybody listening, where I'm making decisions. I'm a free will agent. I'm making some decisions. So what's my role in sanctification versus what's the Holy Spirit's role? Who does what? Well, actually, sanctification is a cooperative venture between us and God. And it's it's not that we, and that's not our idea. That's God's idea right. to make this a cooperative uh, adventure. Um, but everything that is commanded uh, everything that god commands us is um enabled by his spirit as we obey him there's there's none of this that we can do in a way that pleases god or produces spiritual fruit mm -hmm. the only thing that god honors is fruit that he produced himself mm -hmm. So I have to, uh, I, I have to, God's got to be involved in that equation. And so to, to make it very simple for the men and women that uh, we work with in our addiction ministry, I, I teach them the response to God is bow, trust, and obey. Mm. So in every trial, every temptation, I first have to have a conversation with God. 
I must bow in, in repentance often, always in submission. And then I must trust what he has said about himself and his provisions and, and his direction. And then I must obey what he said. Yeah. And every conversation is about trust and obey uh, uh, situations. So when I'm convicted about something, when somebody comes alongside me and says, can I, if, if there was something hindering your ministry and you didn't see it, would you want to know that? <laughs> uh, every, every one of those kinds of conversations from the Holy Spirit or from other people mm-hmm. or from his word it, itself are uh, opportunities where I cooperate now with God and I yeah. bow in submission yeah. and repentance and I trust what he has said and I obey what he has said. And that process of sanctification takes place in the milieu of those interactions. Yeah. And, and, and I, I hear the old hymn in my head as you explain that trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy yes. in Jesus and to trust and obey. So it really just becomes a matter. It's a series of the way in my simplistic way, uh, a series of decisions, the Holy Spirit. Uh, which is why studying the Word of God is so important, which we're going to talk about in terms of renewing your mind. You have to have, that has to be your operating language. You've got to have an operating system. And then then the Holy Spirit's going to draw on Scripture. That's where the truth is. And then you get the Holy Spirit's leading you down this path. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Follow the voice. And so you know what's in the Scripture. He's saying, okay, Steve, uh, you know this, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> I know this. Okay, follow, don't follow. And then trust, because this is actually the best way for you. No, I think the other way seems better. No, 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 that's the trust part. But it it, it really is a series of the Holy Spirit's reminding me through the scriptures and and his power. Here's the deal. Steve, you know what you should do here, right? Yes, yes, Lord, I do. And then I have to make a decision. Am I oversimplifying it? No, no. That yes, Lord, is just a critical component. Mm. Uh, Otherwise, it just becomes behavior modification. Um, I say, oh, you know, there I go lying again. I, I shouldn't lie so much. Uh, why was I wanting to lie? Well, I wanted him to uh, think I was a great person or whatever. Okay, I, you know, I it's not just talking yeah, myself yeah. into something. <laughs> it is it is responding to God about what just took place, yeah. and depending on Him and submitting to His ways and depending on Him, and that that all takes place in yeah. an instant yep. in in just the. The, the the posture of mm-hmm. humility of a heart before God, yeah. all of that takes place. But if that isn't taking place in the sense that I don't see God in this picture and I'm I'm just saying I'm beating my head against a brick wall, I get a lot of blood that way, <laughs> right. I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> right. And so I'm gonna do something else. That that's just behavior modification. Yeah. And that's not the fruit then of the spirit being produced. Right. Unless Unless I'm submitting to God in his spirit. Which is why you picked up on me saying, yes, Lord. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's you're not, exactly you're right. You're not just thinking your way through it. You're responding to the power of, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to what he's already taught you through his word. So, so just set this one up. Uh, restraining your flesh. And this is a chapter actually called Recognizing the Evil Within, which references uh, Ephesians 4. We're going to be in 21 through 24. But recognizing the evil, the evil within, uh, there was a Puritan writer, Jim, that once said, uh, the seed of every sin exists, exists in every human heart. I, yeah. I, I think we have a tendency to grade ourselves on a curve <laughs> as opposed to recognizing yeah. the evil within. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that comes out even when we l- look around at some of the really raunchy things that are happening in our society. Mm-hmm. And, and we might say, I can't, I don't understand why anybody would do that. 
I just can't believe anybody would do that. Well, well, we haven't taken a good hard look at our own soul then. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Bob Jones Sr., the founder of BJU, used to say, there's not a sin that anyone has committed that you couldn't commit with the right provocation. Wow. And and I oh, think man. that's true. Yeah. We, we, we tend to give ourselves a pass mm-hmm. on a lot of things. And even in addiction, I have people say, well, I don't know how to work with them right. because... I've, I've never done that. Right. But well, hold that thought. Know- I'm up against a break. Hold that thought right there. Okay. Right. We're going to keep unpacking this. Changed into his image with our good friend Jim Berg, a biblical counselor. Recognizing the evil within. Do you recognize it? And how accurately do you recognize it? We'll pick it up there. We'll be right back. Let's go. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary, talking to our good friend Jim Berg, who is a certified biblical counselor and a professor of biblical counseling at BJU Seminary and has been literally for years and decades. So a lot of wisdom here, but a soft heart and a father and a husband and uh, lives in the real world. We've had discussions before, Jim, and and uh, nobody's life is perfect, and we all have challenges. And so I just re- appreciate every time you're on because you've been uh, really, really working through and helping people through all the brokenness that we all experience. And that's why I used to be pretty hard-hearted about biblical counseling back in the day. Uh, and our oldest son uh, picked up on that. Uh, and then we got into situations where people are like, yeah, you should really go to see a biblical counselor. And and then we did because my answer was always uh, love Jesus more and you'll be fine. But uh, that that's been people like you, Jim, have been such a huge blessing to our family. Uh, for me as an individual, for my wife and I, for several, three of our four, actually all four of our kids, and it's been a huge blessing. And I was so wrong about it all for years. But I, so I just from a personal perspective, thank you for what you do. It's so important yeah. and it's just a great gift to the body. Yeah. Well, praise God. Good. <clears throat> so we'll uh, we'll get past the awkward uh, <laughs> putting a spotlight on you for a second. Uh, we're talking about part one. We're talking about Jim's book, Changed Into His Image, and, and as we look at discipleship. And this first one is not an easy one to deal with, but we started to talk about it. And that quote from Bob Jones Sr. Uh, was really powerful about restraining your flesh when you're like, I can't understand how anybody else could do that. Well, given the right provocation, we're all capable of that. But why is it so important that we kind of start on this downer that we have to really be pretty honest with ourselves about the evil that still exists, even though we're saved. I mean, it reminds me of Paul. It sounds like he struggled with some things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we're not going to be uh, have the level of dependence or the level of desperation mm-hmm. to find God's answers and to know God if if we are deceiving ourselves about ourselves. And, and the, the apostles in the New Testament talk several times about self-deception. And 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 the thing about self deception is you can be, you can be believing your own lies hmm. and not even realize it. And so that's why the word is so important. That's why the community of the church is so important. So that somebody comes alongside and and helps us recognize the self deceptions. But uh, in in that part one of the book about um, restraining our flesh, it, it's recognizing what is in here, Paul. Are, are all the way through the Old Testament, a, a lot of Proverbs and other places. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Mm-hmm. We've turned everyone to his own way. 
and that's our that's the big bugaboo yeah um and and we all have in james 1 when he says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own strong desires his own lusts his own uh desires that word own is a little greek word idios and it means it, it, it's where we get the word idiosyncrasies, Idiot. <laughs> all those strange things that other people do. You yes. Know? But so all of, all of our, and I, I call, I, I talk in the book about having designer lusts. Mm. Uh, all of our lusts are common to man. Right. But like, like fingerprints are common to people, but we all have them in little different combinations and swirls. So, and, and James says, you got to know what it is you strongly desire yeah. and the lies you are believing before you're going to handle temptation and trial well. Mm. So we've got, a, I, I have several sections in the, yeah. in the book there about different kinds of rebels. We can have, I can be a cooperative rebel. My heart, my own way is giving everybody what they want. As long as I get what I want sure. uh, left alone or esteem or accolades or whatever, I can be an assertive rebel who pushes back and I'm in your face. I can be, um, uh, there there are all kinds of designer Mm -hmm. uh, rebellions that we can have. And you see that in your kids. You can tell which one early on is just this little people person. The other one who has to have everything black and white, has got to understand what's going on. And well, those are strong desires. To, to know mm-hmm. something or to be accepted or whatever. James says you're going to be led away to sin right. by those strong yep. desires on, unless you recognize them and then reject the lies right. that your heart is telling about Amen. them. I, I have to have people affirming me because um, I can't be what I ought to be. I can't be fulfilled and all this kind of thing. All of those are lies. Yeah, that's right. So it's important to to go through that section and really parse out for ourselves how is it what are the things i really desire the Mm. things that drive my decisions and what lies are behind it that is all that are always giving me getting me into trouble lies about god lies about myself lies about how god's world works Mm. if i believe lies I'm going to be self-deceived right, exactly. and I'm going to be in trouble. Yep. I hear you. And that's uh, why, you know, it's kind of knowing your enemy because your, your, yes. your flesh and your spirit are at war with one another. So you better know your enemy, which is why it's so important. And you have to be very sober minded about it. Uh, renewing your mind. I touched on this earlier. This is part two. We're talking to Jim Berg about his book changed into his image. I've got the links up on Facebook live and, and rumble, or you can just go to uh, Amazon. Nice and easy. Jim Berg, B E R G changed into his image super easy to find on amazon but renewing your mind is such an important part of this whole process because i have a pastor friend that was instrumental in me kind of becoming a public christian and getting involved with various things uh who who said you you cannot you you're going nowhere in your walk with christ unless you become a serious student of his word so renewing your mind uh, talk about that because that's such an important part especially when we live in a world with this i'm holding up my iphone and we've got like 30 gigs of information coming at us every day yeah, uh, yeah. renewing your mind such a big part of sanctification and, and transforming your life oh, oh it is uh, renewing our mind is is starting to think like god thinks about hmm. all these things where we are self-deceived it's it's truth that is going to set us free so 
all of us, when we set up our, as we grow, we develop sin patterns about the way we think. Uh, somebody is disrespectful, somebody disses us, and we go through this. We go through this script. <laughs> there he goes again. And I always get that. People are always doing this to me. We go through this little script, and then we act based on that script. And what we need new scripts. Yeah, amen. So so when I, when I face that temptation of rejection, there's a conversation I need. And, and I have men and women that I work with, I, I have them actually write out, on a four by six card, write, write out the script. When that happens again at work, it's always mm. going on at work because that person is always there. And you know, what is the script? We talk about the script. They always say to themselves, it gets them into bondage. It leads them to sin. And I say, all right, now, let, so what? what is your script going to look like? And it's going to begin with Lord Jesus or God or I, it's, it, Lord, yeah. I'm, I'm again, here I am again. Right. Yep. And in the middle of this, I want to do right. I know you have promised this and I submit to you. And with your help, I'm going to do this. You, you work out ahead of time what Christ likeness looks mm -hmm. like yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And you begin and you practice your script. You memorize it just like you got the old one memorized and you memorize mm -hmm. the Bible passages. I, when I came to Bob Jones, my, I, I was away from the Lord my last year of high school and not coming home some nights and getting into trouble. And, and I, I came to Bob Jones because my parents wanted me to go to school for a year at a Christian college. <laughs> and so I come here to do my one year time, you right, know, right. Uh, and, do and your sentence. Uh, God got a hold of my heart. Mm. And I memorized over the course of four years here, I memorized hundreds of verses, wow. yeah. scripture verses to transform my mind. It was filled with so much garbage. Yeah. And I had to actually sit down and think through what are my most common scripts, so to speak, and what am I gonna what am I gonna think about instead of that? Yeah. What scripture passages am I gonna meditate on? We we've got that's renewing our mind. We're transformed by that renewing of my mind. I've got to cast down those imaginations, mm -hmm. those reasonings and those arguments against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity. That's I've got right. to put a corral around that wicked thought. And I've I've got a I've got to go to a different pen, a different corral, yeah, yeah. and spend time. Quit eating pig uh, slop. What, what am I going to do there? Right. Yeah. And that and that's again back to uh, what that pastor said to me years ago. Uh, the centrality of how important is the Word of God and studying the Word of God with respect to any hope we have for sanctification. Yeah, it's it's crucial. If if you're not in your Bible, and you're not having conversations with God. You are not growing. Uh, it's it's just as simple yeah, as that. Period. You can you can have a lot of regrets mm -hmm. about something you did, and you can make some resolutions of how I'm going to do differently than that. But true fruit of the Spirit being born in me is going to be the work of the Spirit of God as He uses His Word right. to reframe the way I look at everything. God has a bias about everything in life. Everything <laughs> I face today, he's got a bias yeah, about. That's exactly and I've, right. I've got to learn his bias yeah. and start operating within how the world really works. Yeah, that's the reality. We look around and go, the world is crazy. You're right. What is crazy? crazy being crazy is being out of uh, touch with reality. What is reality? Ra reality is that which is true. Now you're Pontius Pilate. What is truth? You're getting nowhere without the word. We'll be right back. I woke up this morning. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Jim Berg is here with us today, a certified biblical counselor, professor of biblical counseling at BJU uh, Seminary. And we've been working our way, just kind of an overview and, and dipping into the pool here and there. But we, there's no way we can cover the whole thing. We're not going to touch bottom all over the place. The pool is the book that we're talking about that Jim wrote called Changed Into His Image, God's Plan for Transforming Your Life. It's an excellent book. Uh, it's it's not difficult to read through. It's just very practical, and we're working our way through it. It's, it's really broken down into three parts. We talked about restraining your flesh and, and dealing with the, the evil that exists inside all of us. you got to be sober-minded about that. And then we've been talking about renewing your mind, and especially when it comes to understanding. Uh, you got to be in, in touch with reality and truth. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble, and that's why we're talking about renewing your mind. And then the final part, uh, Jim, is is reflecting your Lord and and I love this. Just this is a big challenge for me personally. And in, in chapter ten in the book changed into his image, being a God loving example. And uh, oftentimes I'll I'll deal with this subject personally by asking a, a question. If I asked, if I took a survey of all these people that know me, I'll say, how many of you would describe me as loving? <clears throat> I think a lot of people would describe me as bold courageous, outspoken, unafraid, yada, yada, yada. I don't know, Jim, how many people would describe me as loving. And and that's as, as where we're going to reflect our Lord accurately, become more like Christ. Uh, what does that kind of look like, smell like, sound like? Because you talk about being a God-loving example, being a word-filled teacher, uh, a ministry-minded overseer, laboring together with God. It should point us to a picture of Jesus ultimately, shouldn't it? Yes. And, and, and the instruction, those, those three chapters, 10, 11, and 12 come out of Deuteronomy six, where, mm. where, where God instructed Moses to tell the leaders, the family leaders, the husbands there and the heads of the tribes that thou shalt, that the Lord, our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord, thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Speak of them when you walk in the way, when you rise up, when you lie down. And he says, lest your children forget the Lord their God. Yeah, wow. So, so it it hit me one day that the most God loving person my daughters see needs to be their dad. Yeah. It can't be. I can't depend on an example that that. I, I don't want them, I, I want them seeing a God-loving pastor and a God-loving sure. youth director and all of those things. But they, this this Deuteronomy 6 was written to the heads of the homes. I, I, they've got to be, the, dad's got to be the most God-loving person they know. Hmm. And then Moses said, you got to be word-filled. You got to know what he has said. And you got to speak of these things. This is part of your interaction, not that you're making a a, a parable or a Bible lesson out of everything right, that right. happens. But but there are times when they are challenged, and, and third graders have trials. 
seventh grade girls have a lot of worst days of their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're just they're just a lot of trials. And yeah. what do you do? You speak the word to them. You walk through, give them a biblical worldview of what's happening here and what God is trying to do in their own heart and how we will walk with them through this and God will walk with them through this. Your word-filled teacher and then a ministry-minded overseer where you're using all of these interactions to point them to becoming like Christ, to understanding God's way of dealing with troubles and temptations yeah. and helping them be a blessing to other people. The whole the whole point is that I, I not only love God, but I must love my neighbor as myself. So how does how does a junior hire demonstrate love to his neighbor? How does a teenager demonstrate love to his neighbor? How does a college student demonstrate yeah. love to his neighbor? So we have these conversations. Because a biblical worldview, God says the most important thing is you got to love me and your neighbor. Right. Now, right. if I'm not having those conversations with my children about about what it means to love God and what it means to not love the world, and I'm not having conversations about how loving loving my neighbor in all of these growing up things, I'm not giving them the most important piece of a biblical worldview. Right. Yeah, it's such a powerful point. And you think about, and it's interesting when when they were trying to trip Jesus up once again. Uh, Love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So you got the vertical dimension and you have the horizontal dimension. Yeah. And so and, and so that's why I wanted to backtrack a little and, and just give us some some points, some something we can put on the on the board. To, to, like what does the life of a God loving person look like? Because it's going to be that vertical dimension. How do I respond to the yes, Lord? Yes. And then it's going to be that horizontal dimension. How do I respond to my neighbors? And so if, if somebody says, that's a, that's a guy, that's a gal, that's a man, that's a woman, that's a dad, that's a, uh, a mom that, that loves God, then what should that look like? When we look in the mirror, what should we be looking for in our own lives? Well, I mentioned in that chapter that, that um, lovers are extravagant. And and you see that on a, a campus college, you know, I mean, a college campus. And you, you see this guy, he, uh, this girl comes up and she wants to show you her engagement ring. And, and uh, you know, it's a pretty sizable rock. And, <laughs> and you know, this guy is behind on his school bills and he's, you know, he's got, but, but, but we would say, but lovers are extravagant yeah. in their gifts. And Love we that. look at Mary she was an extravagant she gave an extravagant gift yes. because she loved Jesus and and Mary also mm. because she loved Jesus gave extravagant attention to him her sister came along and said what are you doing there's work to be done here and Jesus said no she's chosen the best part um you look at David's extravagant praise at uh when bringing that ark right. of the covenant back into Jerusalem and and Michael his his wife just really unloads you're embarrassing on him. yourself and <laughs> how can he do anything more he loves this god yeah. and Paul's extravagant service he's being he's being stoned he's being left for dead he's shipwrecked and mm -hmm. and and he would say Paul you can't do that anymore that the, the trouble waiting and he said what do you mean none of these things move me yeah I've got to finish this course with joy that he's given me. So lovers are known for extravagance. So as a believer, I've got to, I got to say, is, is my giving to God extravagant? Mm. Is my service extravagant? Is my praise extravagant? Is my attention I give to him extravagant? Lovers are extravagant. Mm. 
And I I think we give pitiful little things yeah. in the in yeah. pitiful little uh, tokens in those areas when if if I'm not doing that, I need to think, what is there about God that I'm not getting yeah. that I'm hoarding all this stuff to myself? Yeah, and I'm that, hoarding my time. And that extravagance. Of course, when you talk about uh what's the greatest example of love? Of course, that's Christ on the cross. And, yeah, and the scripture yeah. shows us that. And then, you know, with respect to your neighbor, your wife, your son, your daughter, uh, are we extravagant towards them? And and don't think materially so much. Think about uh, time. Are you extravagant with your time? Are you extravagant with your ability to shut your mouth and listen? Are you yeah. extravagant yeah. with your forgiveness? Well, only yeah. if they ask for it. No, you don't understand yeah. forgiveness. Yeah. Are you extravagant yeah. with your grace? Uh, you... The Roman soldier says, here, carry my carry my robe. And you're like, oh, I'll take your tunic, too. And he says, well, carry my pack a mile, and you carry it, too. I mean, it's like one thing over. But I think a yeah. lot of us, Jim, look at that and go, oh, I don't, I don't want to let people take advantage of me. Yeah. We're hoarders. And I, I think part of our trouble there is he says, we, John says, we love him because he first loved us. Yeah, amen. I don't think we spend enough time thinking about his love. I remember as a freshman standing on the bridge out here front campus one night after I God had turned my heart around toward moving toward him <clears throat> and thinking Jim Berg and Bob Jones, those two names don't even belong in the same sentence. <laughs> There's only one reason I'm here and not in jail. Yeah. There's a God in heaven that loves me and I have to quit betraying him. Mm. That that Damn. turned a corner for me. And Second Corinthians five fourteen, where he says, "The love of Christ constrains us, for we thus judge. We've made this judgment that if one died for all, it's because all were dead, and they died for all that they who now live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him who died and rose again." Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I'm not willingly sacrificing, willingly giving attention to God, willingly reaching out to people, I don't understand His love. Yeah. Or I would be a lot more loving. Yep. And that's uh, I mentioned my ethics class a couple of times. And when I worked on my got my master's degree at Southeastern up here in ethics, uh, they kept they kept coming back to that four letter word, that that word love. I'm like, no, ethics sounds like law to me. They're no (laughs) stick with it. And however long it takes you, Steve, to finish this degree, by the time you're done, uh, you'll understand that the epicenter of ethics is love. It's not law. It's love. It's love for the Lord and it's love for your neighbor. And and that's that thing that, that we can never contemplate that enough. And, and with my students today, I'm like, you guys, one of the challenges is we all get over our salvation. And to your point, yeah. you yeah. have to go back to that love. And, and while we were at Sinners, Christ died for us. He's on the cross dying for you. I'm living like a hellion and not even paying attention to it. But he still yeah. does it. Yep. Yeah. They're like, yeah, who does yeah. that? Well, Jesus does that, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're out of time, Jim. I wish we weren't, but uh, that's just the reality of the clock. Thank you so much for the, your time today and for leading us in this discussion and just pushing us in the right direction. You're not giving us anything that's yours. You're just bringing God's stuff Amen. and sharing I it with us. just plagiarized from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent plagiarism today, Jim. God bless you for that. Stay right there. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. I'll pray with you here when we finish up in just a second. Change into his image, God's plan for transforming your life. You can go to Jim's website and go to jimberg, B-E-R-G.com. Uh, or if you're a typical American, you can just go to Amazon and put that in there. Jim Berg changed into his image. 
We all have some work to do there for the glory of God. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.